Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climatwandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. Rural communities are a cornerstone of Europe's resilience and independence. And when life in our countryside flourishes, so does our European way of life. It is about passing on traditions to the next generation and giving young people the opportunity to follow their dreams without having to leave their land behind. To kick off this episode of Food for Europe, we start there with a quote from European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. It's from a video message she gave at the inaugural conference of the Rural Pact, which was held in June. The Rural Pact is a European Commission initiative to support its long-term vision for rural areas. And here to tell us more is Alexia Ruby from the Commission's DG Agri. Alexia, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. First, what exactly is the Rural Pact? The Rural Pact is one of the initiatives taken in, the, in what we call the long-term vision for the EU's rural areas, where we have defined some shared goals, uh, a common future we want to reach for rural areas by 2040. And in this vision, we have proposed a rural action plan. This is a plan with a lot of actions that are done by the European Commission itself. But it's not enough that the European Commission acts. We also need the other governments at national, regional, local levels to act, and we need the stakeholders also to act for rural areas if we want to reach these goals. And so the promise of the pact is uh, depends on those who accept to participate, and we are trying to get all of uh, these participants, these people, these governments, these stakeholders to promise that they will act for rural areas as well, because only together we can succeed. So what are the objectives of the pact? So the Rural Pact, as it has been endorsed at the Rural Pact conference in June, has three objectives. The first one is to amplify the voice of rural communities and to make them heard. So it's an advocacy uh, element. The second is to organize the collaboration and mutual learning between communities and stakeholders. So it's really a networking uh, element. And the third one is an action element, is to invite and structure voluntary commitment to act for rural areas from governments, from stakeholders, from businesses and all people who want to participate. Alexia, thanks for now and we'll be back with you a little later. Now to rural Cantabria in northern Spain. Have you ever heard the phrase España vaciada, meaning empty Spain? It evokes the challenges of declining, shrinking rural communities in a country famous for its farming, food and rural landscapes, depicted vividly in Spanish literature and art. These are precisely the challenges that the Rural Pact seeks to address, and not everyone in Cantabria is prepared to see decline as inevitable. I'm not able to accept the, the term España vaciada. It's true that we are just a few people, but we are not empty. The problem there is that when people start talking about España vaciada, they will start thinking we are empty and we aren't. And I think that it's very dangerous. Maria Bulnes is an activist and youth community worker in rural Cantabria. 
running projects funded by the Fundación Botín, a private organization with a mission to strengthen the region's social development. And to pick up on what the Commission President was saying at the start of our program, her work aims to persuade young people in the countryside to appreciate the history and values of their communities. Here most of the young people stay as farmers at home, working with their families. And when we work with them, we can organize journeys, uh, cultural activities, it doesn't matter. Always working with them in the sense that all what they have is heritage. And they can obtain a better way of life if they know what they have around them. Well, that's what Ursula von der Leyen was mentioning earlier, that young people shouldn't have to leave the land. But committed as Maria is to transforming the life chances of the young people in this remote and isolated part of Cantabria, she knows that promoting heritage alone is not enough. When you live in a rural area, you have the same opportunities as um, children who live in a city, in a way that they receive the same education but they don't receive the same tools because they are in very small schools, they don't have the same activities when they finish the school. So one of the biggest problems we have is the difference in the tools we have and uh, people in the cities have. So an imbalance of educational inputs between rural and urban areas, and perhaps a demonstration of the challenges of adapting educational systems for low-density rural communities, and the need to look beyond simply textbooks and classrooms. Alexia, you're still with us. One of the tools that you want the Rural Pact to promote is what's known as rural proofing. Can you explain more about what that is? So rural proofing is um, a means to review policies from a rural perspective. So the idea is to say when we develop new legislative initiatives, new policies, to say what does it mean for rural people, uh, for rural communities, for rural businesses, economies, territories, what difference does it make, which specificities do they, do they have that need to be taken into account uh, so that they can benefit from this new initiative as well. So where has the policy emphasis been until now? Most policies tend to be developed with a sectorial perspective, for example, on health or on energy or on, on transport, but not even exploring what it means for different places. Um, when, in fact, these legislative initiatives, they, they can have a different impact and they can really put some places in trouble or, or miss opportunities to do something good for them. Thanks, Alexia. We'll come back to you for a final word at the end. Now, rural proofing can only work effectively if we know enough about rural areas to make policies for them and, of course, with them. And that requires, among other things, information, data and networking. Let's go now to France and to Samuel Ferret, who's part of a new EU co-financed project called Granula, which aims to strengthen rural policies through an evidence-based, data-led approach. Good afternoon, Stephen. Samuel, welcome to Food for Europe. You attended the Rural Pact Conference in June. What did you take away from it? The lesson I learned from 
the Rural Pack Conference refers to the political need to put the rural areas, but also the rural people at the heart of the European Union uh, intervention. And what matters is a better alignment and policy coherence for uh, delivering correctly in a, an appropriate manner the expected outputs and outcomes. So it's a kind of hybrid and multipolar pact. How can we make the concept of rural proofing a reality for communities in the countryside so that policies are more responsive and sensitive to their needs? Data comes first, because data will, will be the, the cornerstone of evidence-based public policies in the future, especially for rural areas. We, we need to better grasp diversity of rural areas. So better data to characterize, to grasp the rural diversity, because so far, when we talk about rural areas, in fact, we rely mainly on agricultural data and not specifically on rural data. So this is a shortcoming. So you tackle that shortcoming with the right kind of data. Then what? Then once we collect better rural data, we are better equipped to assess, to analyse the, the way public policies can be fit for rural people and rural areas. And this is where the rural proofing concept matters. This is a tool, this is a guidelines, this is a methodology that can help policymakers to better uh, assess the multidimensional aspects of policy process between the design and the impact for rural areas. Samuel Ferret there, shaping public policy for rural areas, or perhaps more accurately, helping rural areas to use data to shape public policy. And as part of its approach, the Commission has committed to build a rural observatory. It'll be a one-stop shop platform collecting evidence, data and indicators, making that data publicly available and helping to map rural diversity more effectively. Let's go back to Spain now to the Valle del Nansa in western Cantabria. Maria Bulnes, our youth community worker, gave us her reflections on the Rural Pact and how she hopes it could benefit her work in an NGO. The Rural Pact is great, but I would like them to spend the time to find small projects or programs in the areas so as they can work together, because it will be great. Because sometimes what's happening in the rural areas is that local governments have a program, national government has another programs, and Europe has other plans or other programs. And sometimes they work together, but sometimes not. And it's a pity. Maria's been working in Valle del Nansa for 13 years, and she's under no illusions that positive change to build a more cohesive community will take time. But for her, it's worth the investment. What I really think is that we should come back in 20 years and observe how these children and these young people are doing things in 20 years when they will be adults and they will be obliged to take decisions in the community. Because I think that perhaps we have made small changes, but I'm not able to say now if they are OK or not. I think that we need time. We want results immediately and some programs need time. Alexia, a couple of reflections from you to round off the programme. 
How do you measure the success of the Rural Pact, considering what Maria was saying about the inevitable gap between action and results? So when we developed the long-term vision for rural areas, we asked a number of questions to people, and one of them was indeed, do you feel left behind? And too many said yes. Um, 40% on average in rural areas said yes, and 60% in remote rural areas. And so uh, this is a, a problem. And, and the pact will be a success if after some years we, we lower these figures or even if we ask people, do you feel you have enough opportunities to have a good life in your areas, a majority of people would say yes in all the member states of the EU. That would be a great success. So ambition right across the EU, but surely the concept of rural proofing demands a tailored approach designed to consider the huge variety of rural life in Europe. Rural areas are very diverse, different types of territories, geographies, climate, economic and social conditions, culture, history, even from one region to another. But yet there's a lot of common ground. This common ground, we can work together on it. And that's what builds the the vision. Nobody says that the same solutions are needed everywhere, but everywhere it's needed to give the capacities and the means to rural people to face their challenges and and, and build a, a brighter future. Yeah. Alexia, thanks for coming on Food for Europe. Thank you. I was really delighted to be here. Well, that's all from this edition of Food for Europe. Paul Anderson will bring you the next one on the thorny topic of pesticides and food production. And I'm back after that looking at the food and farming angle of the EU-Central America Free Trade Agreement. So until then, bon appétit. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 